Welcome back to Considerations from the Capitol from the Deeper Dive Podcast. My name is Bill Winnell, as usual, joined by Father Larry Swink. Good afternoon, Father. Yep, and today is the Deeper Dive Podcast. It's a two-for-one deal, so this is our weekly one, and it counts for Sunday. Not that I'm trying to get out of work on Sunday, but I just thought it would be a great topic, and it would go a bit longer, but that's okay with everyone, okay? Sounds good. So we will read today's gospel, and then Father given a, an expanded uh, talk about uh, Sunday's gospel. The Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to the twelve, For fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledged me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly father. Father. Okay. Well, folks, I I was uh, preparing a homily for Sunday, and I haven't been able to uh, preach uh, online for a long time, I'm uh, kind of filling in, uh, building up my strength back from surgery. I can do probably one mass on a Sunday. And so I uh, wanted to uh, look at this gospel. I think there's like three things, you know, one is we're not supposed to fear any human being or evil. Uh, we are supposed to fear hell and anything that could lead us there. And the third thing is we have to have like this absolute trust in God's divine providence. So there's tons to talk about. So that's why I thought it'd be a great discussion, Bill, uh, for us to, to ponder with our listeners. And, uh, and I think the first thing that we look at is Jesus says, it's well, fear no one. And uh, I think, I think Bill, one of the, the most crippling things that people struggle with um, today, uh, myself included at times, is fear and anxiety is one of the things I think that anytime we've talked about this particular um, ep- uh, topic, it seems to get a lot of listens and people are very much in tune with this particular emotion. Uh, and I think it's good to maybe unpack what Jesus says. He says, fear no one, you know, he says, fear no one and fear no evil, so to speak. I remember one of the ride for vocations t-shirts, I think it said, or the jury said, fear no evil. And, remember we used to get tons of compliments on that because it's one it's a very striking uh uh sort of uh, uh saying and, and especially for us catholics um so what do you think are some of the things that people fear more than anything today bill i think uh number one i think our society is kind of <clears throat> we've been kind of groomed whether it be in the workplace or through um you know through professional development classes even in the professional world to you know that we need to be able to control everything and, you know, and how important that is. And I think fear of, uh, you know, for many people, fear of the unknown or what, you know, what you can't control is a, is a big, is a, is a big one. Right. So not being in control. Right. And yeah. uh, I love, I wish we could have Monsignor Pope with us, but you know, he has a, he has this, um, uh, this uh, thing you can find online called five hard sayings that everyone should know. And And the one thing is that, um, one thing that always leads to more anxiety and leads to a lack of faith is thinking you're really in control, <laughs> you know, and I, and I think that's, um, 
you know, any type A personality. Um, when we lose control, we just kind of lose our marbles. And I think he says, fear no one. And I, I thought too, is like, I mean, let's look, kind of go back to this gospel, but like what in particular is Jesus talking about, about fearing? And, and uh, if you go back to the gospel, he says, what you hear whispered, let me, let me go back. Let me pull up the gospel myself. But um, what he says here is, which it's kind of what you hear whispered, you know, echo in the, in the rooftops. So let me, let me, it says, all right. So he goes on to say here, um, it says, what I say to you in darkness, speak in the light, what you hear whispered, proclaim on the house, housetops. And I think uh, that's probably what he's talking about is, is his holy teachings. Uh, like that he is the way, the truth, the life, the truth about marriage, uh, the truth about the sacraments, the truth about eternal salvation, that Jesus is the one way to salvation. Uh, all these things that, you know, the this community that Matthew is preaching to, that's very scared because this is a Jewish population, uh, namely that is being persecuted because they're proclaiming Christ as God and they're being killed or, or driven out of their cities. Uh, because of their faith in Christ. So a lot of people are whispering, you know, our Lord, you know, this is sort of, our Lord is kind of warning that what will happen is that they're going to feel like they have to whisper about truth. And I think too, I, I think we do live in a, a society that's become more and more fearful of just uh, of being genuine. Um, you know, I, I thought it was kind of funny uh, that the, <laughs> the Kid Rock episode where, you know, Kid Rock, you know, blew up all those was it the Bud Light, the Bud Light cans? Yeah. And, uh, and, and then I think that one, I mean, not that he is a, uh, sort of, um, uh, a model of holiness per se, or you know, maybe he is, I'm, who am I to judge, but, but at least he had the, he had the audacity not to care about what people thought about this idea of putting like this, this, you know, this, uh, transgender person in the front of a beer can. And I thought, you know, in another example, I thought that might be, thought it was like there wasn't too many people that spoke out against what happened in Brooklyn uh and with the LA Dodgers you know with that whole ep that sort of blasphemous situation where you know they had these um men dressed up as nuns right and uh uh what do they what do they call themselves um uh the I, sisters of perpetual indulgence yeah perpetual indulgence and uh, I thought I was really proud of this guy Blake Trenine the relief pitcher has been in the major league for 10 years. And I'm going to quote him. He said very strongly, he says, I am disappointed to see the sisters of perpetual indulgence being honored as heroes as at, at Dodger stadium. He said, many of their performances are blasphemous and their work only displays hate and mockery of Catholics and the Christian faith. And uh, well done, you know, uh, on that, you know, but I think it's, I think we need more of that, you know, people that are courageous to not be afraid to speak about Christ and his holy truths, you know, and uh, especially I think among the clergy and lady or people that work in authority or people that have some kind of, some kind of authority, you know, uh, parents, their kids and so forth. But I think it's that there's this fear of, uh, of missing out, you know, the FOMO uh, thing that, that uh, people struggle with. Um, and I think too, as I mean, we've, we've talked about this many times in, past podcasts is that you know a lot of people at work are very fearful of certain things because they they feel like they have to you know whisper what's being said you know because of fear of being fired and so forth and, and i understand that i mean there's a lot at stake for many people today because uh, of, of these particular matters um what else do people fear um you know i i think too our lord says um 
you know, he says that do not fear uh, that who can kill the body. But he says, he says, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Kehenna. Right now, that's another very telling line of sacred scripture is that the one thing our Lord says we should fear, maybe this could be a, a launch pad into this next point is, is like, well, what should we fear? And is there a thing as healthy fear? And I think there is a healthy fear, right? Uh, we should be fearful of, uh, you know, drinking poisonous substances, you know, that are, you know, underneath the cabinet, you know, we should uh, look at labels, we should uh, be fearful of running through stop signs, we should be fearful of, uh, you know, all these types of things, you know, getting too close to a cliff, you know, uh, that's a healthy fear that protects us. But our Lord basically kind of makes a point, what we should be most afraid of is namely, uh, mortal sin, and then secondarily, uh, the result of unrepentant moral sin, which is Gehenna, or namely hell. And and I think, too, it's, um, I guess the, the question would be, you know, for a lot of people today, and is how many people today really kind of fear, you know, losing their soul more than losing their 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 body, you know? Uh, you know, and, what, what instantly came to my mind when we, when we read this earlier, this, what we're talking about now, um, was the whole COVID thing. And, and I'm not going off on a tangent on the vaccine or, or anything else, but I think the, the way that, let's be honest, not only, the, not only the hierarchy of the Catholic Church, the laity too, just completely hid in fear. There's no other word for it, really. Um, and for the vast majority of people, um, it was unnecessary. I mean, I, I, you know, there, look, people with, you know, elderly people or people with, the concern that, that you know the the conditions that that were you know legitimately to be concerned about during COVID, that's one thing, but the vast majority of us, you know, we through through the civil authorities certainly we, the the pot was stirred and we didn't question much. We fell in line, and it was really telling. Uh, do we in that case? It just kept saying, "Do we really believe what we say we believe?" That we. You know, that we put our faith in God and that you know God, or that God is in control and again the whole don't worry thing that was that was a that was I think a worldwide exercise on worrying I mean they put certain things were placed out there and everyone worried the vast majority of people worried right and and I think too there's there's certain there's uh, three types of fear that our theology speaks about and one is um, mundane fear which is the fear of the world fear of like missing out because of, uh, you know, worldly pleasure or worldly, you know, uh, I wasn't, at, is, I wasn't at that party the other night. Right. You know, and, and, but also like, you know, I wonder how much was, was, was that came into play, you know, with, you know, with the COVID thing too, is like a lot of people were very fearful. Um, we all kind of get caught up into this in some degree. It's like being like, well, what happens if we get shut down or what if we, you know, uh, we, you know, whatever it might be, or, you know, you're not allowed to, to help people or, or even for good intentions, it was a lot of fear of like missing out. And, um, and I think too, it's interesting. It's like mundane fear can be very uh, crippling because I, I think our Lord is also making this point about how often we avoid doing the right thing or how many times have people done the worst mistakes in their entire life. And it was, it was because of fear. You know, I mean, what would be some examples of that, of like, you know, fear, like examples of people just kind of doing things that 
we as Catholics would say is evil or, or even uh, serious sins, but it's co- sort of fueled by a fear. Well, I, mean, I have, I think, I have example, I think but... yeah, I think fear, like you said, fear of missing out, but also, you know, fear of being the, uh, you know, fear of being the one that has, that says, you know, I got to draw the line there guys, you know, in, in a, in a group of, in a group setting, you know, I, I can't go along with that. Um, right. You know, m- many of us, all of us, uh, at, at one time have probably done that, you know, or, or have probably gone along with the crowd, so to speak, and, you know, either later, later regretted it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, Bill, I had a couple of things that when I was praying about this and thinking about, you know, examples, because a lot of times people, are, what does that mean? I mean, why is mundane fear or fear of the world? So, so uh, fear of missing out. But, um, you know, I thought about, um, you know, even like things like um, let's take, something as serious as suicide a person commits suicide for fear of suffering that seems endless right um like there's never going to be an end to this therefore i would be a person be willing to take their own life um you know a catholic couple here's another one a catholic couple will use you know contraception for fear of the pain and suffering that could come from another child right or the fear of well how am i going to take care of this child you know i can't do this i mean even even like two i mean um Things like you know abortion, right? I mean, if you th- if you kind of if you if you step back, and you know I've I've worked a lot with uh, post-abortive women and men, as the thing that led a person to that decision, which I would say inevitably every Catholic regrets that the rest of their life. I mean, I've never very infrequently met someone's oh yeah, it was a great decision unless they didn't believe in God. But most people like the moment they did, it was like that was the worst thing I've ever done. It was all crippled. It was it was sort of fueled by fear. Like, how am I going to tell mom and dad? How are we going to have this? Is this going to work out? Um, right. How am know. I going to? How, how can I afford childcare? How can? Well, how's this going to affect my career? All that stuff that. Or, yeah. Or I'm yeah. not married, and like you know, I got to tell mom about this, or you know, they're going to get disowned, or it will be a, an embarrassment. You know, there's. I mean, it's but it's all kind of fear. I mean, um, I was thinking like, all right, here's another one we just talked about: the fear of speaking up because of the thought of losing the popularity, the affections of those we love. Right. And I think that's it's another thing. It's it's a, a sin of omission where and I think we have to realize that. And I, I'm trying to I'm praying a lot about this. Like one of the virtues I've been praying for a lot lately, especially with this battle with physical illness is like fortitude, you know, like just like because even that man, it's like so many times like the evil one will say, like, you can't do anything good. Or what is that, what is your one voice going to matter? You know. Yeah. What does it matter? Why even try? You're not worth anything. You know. You're going to hurt yourself. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just like. But What's it's the diocese going to say? <laughs> right. Right. I, I mean, and and I think too, it's like I, you come to realize um, uh, that there is a lot of stuff that fear can really kind of cripple and literally cripple a person you know, to, to be sort of, uh, you know, caught up in, in, a, a sort of in immobilization when it comes to the faith and, and also just like doing what needs to be done, you know, and you look at the saints and how incredibly sort of, they overcame incredible fears, uh, of, of enemies, even death. I mean, St. Paul, you know, so many, so many people have gone through incredible tribulations uh, to do great things. And, um, you know, so I, I think that's, that's, it's sort of like the first point to be kind of looked at is how crippling 
fear can be. But then the even, but we kind of take it up a step. Like, I think our Lord is also saying the second type of fear is servile fear, right? Now, servile fear, like a lot of times it gets a bad rap, right? Because you say, if you preach about hell, everyone's like, well, that's fear mongering. You're just trying to scare us into doing the right thing. Well, okay, I don't know if that's necessarily a fair statement because our Lord does it. So it's not it's it's not the end all and be all, and you can't get stuck in servile fear. But I think one thing that keeps us from doing things that are wrong or harmful for ourselves uh, many times is sometimes the fear of missing out <laughs> to, of something that could really, you know, like in other words, if we know, like I, in an example I've used when I preached about hell, is like you know. A lot of people don't quit smoking so that doc says, look, if you keep doing this, I, you are going to die 100%. And they finally, because of fear of losing their life or their loved ones, they say, okay, fine, it's not worth it. And I think that's what our Lord is saying. You know, let's, what does it say? Let's go back to the gospel. He says, uh, the second point is our Lord says, um, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in Gehenna. And, um, you know, now the word Gehenna, folks, you know, is uh, a word that Jesus used frequently to speak about hell. Uh, sometimes these are interchangeable words. And, um, you know, I thought I thought it would be interesting, Bill, is to look at the description of hell that St. Faustina had. Um, that real, I mean, every time I read this, I'm like, it, I mean, it's a great meditation. If, I mean... It is good. I mean, the saints used to do this. It's not something I would do every day, obviously, and I would not tell anyone to do that. But maybe once every couple months to do a meditation on the last things, I think, is really important because it, it kind of puts things in perspective. You know, like, what's the bad news versus the good news? And, like, it, it, at the end of the day, you know, is it really worth hanging on to something if there's something at stake? If I could lose the greatest gift in the world was eternal life versus the worst nightmare, which is hell, right? And uh, let me go through some of this stuff. Maybe we can discuss this a bit. Um, and, then, and folks, this is not supposed to be a Debbie Downer type of <laughs> um, uh, type of thing, but I think it's good just to kind of focus on this. Um, so in the diary, St. Faustina uh, says the following. Hold on, let me, let me go up a little bit here. On well, and, and, and while you're pulling that up, I'll, I'll say this, not, not just the good Polish nun saint, but all, but let's be honest, no saints ever, <laughs> no saint has ever kind of glossed over hell. Um, no. you know, no. it's, it's a, um, it's pretty much across the board, a, the, the, you know, the same description words are different. Um, some of the private revelations are obviously different. However, no one ever came back and said, you know, it's just not that bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it says today, I was led by an angel to the chasms of hell as a place of great torture. How awesomely large and extensive it is, the kinds of torture I saw. Now, he goes, she goes through like these different things. And the first torture that constantly hell is, he said, the loss of God, you know. And I think sometimes we fail to recognize that this is chief, the chief and main um, uh, pain of hell, which we'll never get to see what we're made for. And that's the hell of it, is that we we kind of realize when we die that our hearts were made for God, like St. Augustine says, and we'll never attain what we've always desired, you know? And, uh, and I think that's the, the chief, the chief, uh, you know, and I don't know necessarily if a lot of people are really moved by that statement per se, because it's like, well, okay. I mean, but uh, it not, as you said, not to judge anyone, but I, sadly, 
I think many people would see that that her first the first torture that she describes, you know, as being the loss of God. That w- I think it, people would reorder this if they could themselves, right. you know, and this would not be number one. Sadly, right? Well, I know, and I think we, but we have to realize as listeners, and I, I, that this is actually the chief, the chief pain in hell is, is separation from God, and so that's the, the first thing that she saw, and then the second torture is. The perpetual remorse of conscience. Now, this really hit me. Um, now, um, in my study, as I was when I was preparing my homily, it says our Lord uh, uses another gospel, uh, and it's a, a graphic image to, to describe this particular pain of hell. When He says, "The worm does not die," huh? and uh, I always wondered about where the worm does not die. But actually, uh, commentators, I, there's a great book called "The Faith Explained." by Father Joe Babindrar. He's a priest of Opus Dei. He's actually in Africa. And uh, I was just, I just, for personal study, I was just kind of reading about the last things. And um, he makes a point, but I, I don't think I've ever read it like this, is that the worm that doesn't die is the conscience that's always bothered by the shame and guilt of what someone has done, and it never goes away. So that these people are constantly reminded, uh, reminded uh, by by satan and by their conscience that um that that they're that they're just you know that they did something really awful and they never got healed of it and they could have um and uh but it's almost like it's like a worm eats it's like a worm eating at you but it never stops eating at you yeah it's just yeah yeah, and you know the the word perpetual is used in this in this second torture but actually if you look at all seven of them other words meaning the same thing as perpetual, it's all the same. So in other words, not it doesn't change, you know. Right. And it's chronic. It's, cr- it's, it's chronic. chronic, and it's not used in all of these, but the it, it, other words are used to mean the same thing. That it's right. it's never ending. Right, hundred percent. And and I think that's that's something to think about. But the beautiful thing is like, you know, that our Lord is so merciful and 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 uh, powerful, and they. There's no sin he won't he won't forgive and and I love that line uh, is that the, the devil knows our name but he calls us by our sin God knows our sin but he calls us by our name right and so you can imagine like that these poor souls in hell are constantly being reminded by these awful you know uh, entities about what they've done and it just never stops right um, and I think that goes into the third point which you just talked about it says the third the third uh, pain is that one's condition will never change now you know i i uh, i that kind of struck me you know in a sense like if if any of you listeners have gone through chronic pain you know like the one the one thing like the there's a constant like you know desire is that this will end well, right and convert and and fear that it won't end right and that yeah exactly and i i just thought like imagine eternity it's one thing for like 15, 16 years. It's another thing if it's like for eternity. And I, I think you see something that, that someone has to kind of, we all have to grapple with is like this this life. I mean, how many of my priest friends that were so uh, monumental in my life who went through really awful sufferings towards the end, like Father Arnie battled with cancer for three years and Father Ron had cancer and, um, you know, like, I've known other priests that, you know, just very strong men and like uh, became crippled with chronic pain. And, um, and, and it's like, but 
the hope is like they're not experiencing any of that. I mean, hopefully they got out of purgatory if they went there, you know, but it's over. And and I think it's like all's forgotten. And imagine the flip side is like whatever, I mean, the pain a person goes through, it's nothing compared to the pains of hell. And and the hell of it is that there's never going to be an ending to it. And I think that's that's one of the things. I mean, on the flip side, heaven is is much more um i mean it's the beautiful thing it's like the greatest day of your entire life and it never ends <laughs> i mean it, and and that's the beauty of it you're never ever 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 gonna have to take advil again you're never ever ever gonna have to go to a doctor again you're never ever ever gonna have to pray for help again you, i mean it's done and and i think that's that's one of the the uh the 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 you know the the pains is that it's it's this idea or this concept that um it, it will never end let's do one or two more of these then we can flip to the maybe the last point bill or maybe wait, wait, you want to go through the rest of them or just well i mean the fourth one is <laughs> fourth one is another uh you know jarring um smack what is it? The head yeah it says the fire that will penetrate the soul without destroying it, a terrible suffering sin is purely spiritual fire lit by god's anger yeah, that's that sounds awful. Fifth is the continued darkness and a terrible suffocating smell. Um, that's terrible. Number six is the constant company of Satan, and uh, and then the seventh is horrible despair, hatred of God, vile words, curses, and blasphemies. Um, you know, so these are this is like this perpetual, um, uh, you know, state of absolute torture and. Um, and, and and just a, 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 just a, just an awful situation. So that's why our Lord is saying, "Hey, this is something we need to fear," because our Lord is saying, "Look, take me seriously. I do not want want to ever experience this." And it's it's set out of love. Like I I want you to experience you know eternal bliss. And and uh, and I think this is what gave hope to everyone that heard his message that was going through suffering. That hey, at the end of the day. Uh, it's it's totally worth it, you know, to endure whatever I have to go through uh, if this good news of, of heaven is true. But also that, you know, that I also want to avoid the bad news, which is, you know, this um, Gehenna, which is reality, you know. So I think it's just important that, you know, we do fear. Now, the he says, fear the one that can bring that that existence. And I think what we have to look at is namely Satan. Um, we should be afraid about satan per se but we should be sober and fearful of his of his desire to drive people to help but also how it's through temptation through serious sin yeah Go father ahead. can you take a minute to to talk about you, you mentioned it um beginning, <laughs> beginning here how you know how servile fear gets a bad rap and, and i know what you meant by that but can you can you share what you i mean you know um servile fear is all fine and good but there's there's more to living your life a certain way out of fear than having a more of a, uh, you know, a relationship with God, so to speak. Right. And I think that kind of ties in with this, this last particular point uh, in the gospel where, um, all right, so serve up here is basically this. It's like, I'm going to obey mom and dad because I'm, I'm afraid of getting my allowance taken away. And uh, as someone who goes to church, uh specifically and uh 
basically the only reason they go is because they don't have to go to hell. Um, that's it's 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 something, but it's completely incomplete. It's it's based on fear and not love. Um, it's a stepping stone, but it, it's it's not enough to allow a person to grow in holiness. It's kind of, it's you'd say maybe uh, it's an incomplete. Oh, 100, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's like in, it's like imperfect contrition. Yeah. You know, I, I ask for forgiveness because I, I fear punishment rather than I love God. And where we have to get where we have to get, I, I, I you know, I used to you know, as a teenager and I think probably in college, I feared hell. And that many times drew me back to confession. <laughs> and and uh, but um, not so much anymore. I I um, I I'm very sober about the existence of hell and that i know the evil one wants to i know god loves me and does not want me to go there and, and he wants so much i'm his son and the father wants me to have and i complete trust in that um but I, you know it's 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 a good reminder to me that you know sometimes servile fear is is a is is a motivation uh to avoid things that that could, could hurt me or whatever and i think it should be but it's not it's what we have to get to is fear of the Lord, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is I follow God because um, I love God and I don't want to offend the Lord. Like he's my Lord and Savior. Right. So that's the reason that um, I follow God is, 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 is precisely because I want to to uh, to be with him. And, and I, I love him. And I and the reason I go to confession is not so much I don't want to go to hell it's because you know, I hurt my best friend and I want to be re reconciled to him. And I think that goes into the last point. So Bill, go back to the gospel and talk about like what he says about the birds. Yeah. Again, the sparrows appears a lot in scripture and, and here we go again. Um, when he talks about, um, are not two sparrows sold for a small coin and he, yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Again, just, I guess describing, you know, and, and, and then goes on even all the hairs on your head, are counted going into the, you know, the, the description of the vast way that our Lord knows us, right? It's not just, you know, by, by our name or everything else, every hair on your head is known. Um, and then again, with the spares, so do not be afraid. You are worth more than many spares. So I guess, uh, um, I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like I think this this just kind of ties in what we were talking about, and and that last is like we have to s simply trust and have faith right. in, in the Lord. And um, you know, Winston Churchill said, "When I look back at all these worries, I remember the story of the old man who said on his deathbed that he had a lot of trouble in his life, most of which never happened." Um, and and once again, it's like you know, Bill. I think it goes back to um, do we realize like kind of on the flip side, the good news. Because remember, the gospel is good news. Is like, do we trust essentially um, God's plan for us, right? Um, and especially when, when I mean, every listener has gone through a moment, I think, in their lives where there's been a sort of darkness, right? Because our Lord he says, "What you hear in the darkness, speak in the light," which I think would imply that you know whoever He's speaking through is going through a specific. Um, uh, time of darkness in their life where, I mean, we can use as an image where things just don't seem like they're going in the right direction. And it's like, Lord, I, I, um, I know you're there, but hello, you know, um, I, and, and I, uh, you know, it's interesting. I was 
I, we've talked about this in our daily podcast, but um, yesterday I got to meet a friend of mine. She, she came back, uh, was one of the missionaries of charity. And we, we discussed um, the movie about mother Teresa called no greater love. And towards the end of the, the movie, uh, the documentary, it speaks about how uh, mother uh, Teresa went through, you know, 50, 40 or 50 years of like darkness and the writings were very, very, um, which, uh, which, which oddly enough, or I don't know, oddly is maybe the wrong word, but m most people did not know this until after her death, you know, no, no, no so she I wasn't, mean, she was living, you know, she wasn't wearing this on her sleeve and letting everyone know via YouTube videos, <laughs> what she was going through. You know, she was living this privately and, and no one knew this. Yeah. She wasn't doing podcasts on it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, and I, and I think too is like, but she, one thing that that helped her. I mean, she got to the point where she even she said, "God, do you really exist?" At one one of her letters, and and it was like it was faith, the faith of in it, and then she believed in the scripture that you're worth more than sparrows. And you know, our, our Lord in another gospel, you, you know, it seems like he really likes birds because he always uses birds as an example of what we're better than. Um, and uh, you know, he always says, "Look at the birds there. Do you not worry about what they eat or what they wear? Are you not more important than they?" And then today he says, "Aren't you more valuable than many sparrows?" Now, I, I, I'd have to do some research on why sparrows. Maybe sparrows were considered a very, you know, uh, maybe you had pet sparrows are very expensive. I don't know, but but I, I think there is this this uh, this concept that our Lord wants to drill in our head is that He has this powerful eternal plan for us. That goes very much beyond our 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 expectations and it's not just in eternal life it's in this life now but one of the things he he asked from us is is to trust in him and to trust in his divine providence right and for all you listeners what does divine providence means it means uh letting god unfold his plan for you um and and i think too especially in light of today's gospel is you know in times of darkness um uh, you have anything to say about that, uh, Bill? No, I'm. I'm was going to comment on the kind of the last couple lines. Go ahead. No, it it it's kind of um, it's kind of become clear. I, I think for years, you know, it, let's just talk about this country um, uh, and the U.S. For those who don't know, um, you know, when you're you were talking about the Dodgers, um, that hold the you know, the whole um, movement or groundswell where, you know, several thousand Catholics did show up and they made their voices heard and um, which was powerful. But, you know, it seemed like martyrdom or even like just something could remotely happen at an event where you're publicly witnessing for your faith, whether it be a march at Dodger Stadium, whether it be pro-life stuff. You know, it always seemed like a a safe thing. I, 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 you know, I, people take great pride in doing it and that's great, but they also, I think many people could go into those scenarios without fear. I don't think that's the case. It's quickly becoming not the case anymore. Um, you know, this past couple of weeks, there were some uh, pro-lifers at an event that were, they were horribly beaten, put in the hospital, like seven people. Um, wow. It's becoming more of a thing where, you know, martyrdom used to see this used to seem like this great thing that some saints went through in the dark ages, so to speak, or mm -hmm. the you know the early parts of the or, or during the early part of Christianity. I don't know. That's I think it's actually coming becoming more of a thing where, you know, 
um, practicing or witnessing for your faith might come with a, a, a very real consequence. And uh, you, just when we were talking about fear, it's like, you know, you, um, I was kind of happy to see how many people did show up, you know, in LA and how many people still are showing up. Because like I said, it's, it's not a, it's not a thing that happens in other countries anymore. You know, it's, it's starting to happen here. Right. Right. Well, it's good news. I mean, it's, it's um that people actually are believers and going back to that, you know, the witness of that one relief pitcher among many, it was people that went to the, this protest of this blasphemy, which actually it's interesting, Bill, that uh, last Saturday was the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And the first Saturday devotion uh, has to deal with um, uh, making reparations for sacrilegious against um, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yeah. And, you know, just a local tie in, um, Blake Trine, and he, you know, he used to pitch for the Nationals here in, in Washington, as well as the, uh, a current Nationals pitcher has, is another one who has come out very publicly and vocally, uh, you know, against what happened. Um, you know, and, and let's be honest, you know, we're not talking about utility infielders who are, uh, you know, about to retire. These are pitchers, you know, and, and starting pitchers who, you know, make a ton of money, and you saw what happened to the guy and the pitcher in Toronto who came out. You know, he he had to quickly apologize, and next the next day he was gone. He was, he, you know, Seriously? yeah, he was sent back to he was optioned to a Triple A team uh, because of what he said. Well, what did he say? Oh, you know, well, he originally had said, you know, he just came out against, uh, you know, the the whole thing with the with the sisters of perpetual indulgence. You know, oh, he he went out. He he, he got sent. Down. He said something originally about Pride Night in general in Toronto, and quickly the next day he was marched out. And clearly, you know, the classic, you know, U.S. pilot shot down in a third world country. You know, he's got the blank stare, reading something that was clearly given to him by a group of attorneys. That wasn't good enough. The next day he was gone. They optioned him out of Toronto, um, right. and he too was a pitcher. So I mean, these guys, these you know, these guys have a lot to lose. They, they make a lot of money. And we know how the climate is. If you say anything, you know, um, that's in any way going to get, you know, take uh, people out of the seats or anything, and you're, you're going to be out of there. But yet we have these two guys who, are, who have been the most vocal um, on this, which I guess goes to the bottom part. I guess just the opposite of the, the last part of this gospel about, um, you know, whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly father. And here these guys are out there doing, you know, doing just the opposite. Precisely that, right. Right. And, uh, yeah, and I, but I think there's, uh, well, here's, here's, here's a quote from, uh, Saint, uh, I think this is, oh, it's from the imitation of Christ, Thomas Akempis. Every action of yours, every thought should be those of a man who expects to die before the day is out. If you aren't fit, fit to face death today, it's unlikely you will be by tomorrow imitation of Christ, you know? And I, I think too, is like, I don't know, maybe that these guys were thought like, I don't, I don't care anymore. I mean, fire me, you know, but I think what happened is they're. Yeah. They're I do, and I, and I want to defend, th defend them in, in this respect. Many people have said, well, you know, they're rich so they can come out and say things like this, but they are, but they also, most people live up to their income, you know? So if they're gone the next day, um, you know, or, or, or option to a triple a AAA team or something like that, you know, I'm not saying they're not wealthy anymore, but I think we need to we need need to give them a pass, and certainly don't you know, don't um, you know say that it's they're playing it safe because I don't I don't think that's true. 
Right. They do have right. a lot to lose. So let's kind of look at look at the uh, benefits of trusting in God. I mean, going back to remember that, that list of sins I was talking about, like, imagine if someone just said, all right, look, you know, God has a plan for me. That's where I'm going to keep living. Um, I'm going to have this baby. You know, who cares? You know, we'll just, you know, Lord, if this is what you want. I want it. I'm not going to take that extra job so I can worship God on Sunday. Um, you know, Lord, um, you know, I'm going to speak out against this thing happening at work, you know, and, uh, you know, sometimes that could, that could possibly be, you know, a game changer, you know, for a company, you know, I, I, I remember years ago, um, there was a, a lady, her main unnamed, but like she worked, she was a nurse at a hospital, which remained unnamed also. It's a Catholic hospital and they were endorsing in vitro fertilization. I don't know if we've ever done a podcast on that. Um, I think we have, you know, mm -hmm. but she basically went to, you know, she knew, I mean, and uh, I think her and her husband kind of struggled a little bit with infertility too at one point in their marriage. So it was a very delicate issue for her. Um, and and she was faithful Catholic and, and she knew because she was taught well, the church is teaching on that. And unfortunately, a lot of people uh, wouldn't even know why it's wrong because they haven't been taught properly, you know? And um, so she, you know, asked, what should I do? And I said, I really think you should tell the, the CEO about this, you know? And she said, what about my job? And I was like, well, I mean, it's up to you. I mean, I, I just said, but I just think, you know, as a Catholic, I mean, we, I think we use this particular gospel to, to kind of like, you know, set the stage for her to discern about what was the proper thing to do in that particular situation. And, um, but she went to her boss and uh, lo and behold, like the boss was like, gave her tons of accolades. They discontinued the program and she got a raise. <laughs> and it's just kind of, kind of beautiful about like, she, you know, she took a, she took a huge, you know, leap of faith and trust. And she realized that she was more important than sparrows and God gave her what she wanted more than what she needed, but what she wanted. Um, and, uh, I thought it was just a great testimony about how, you know, um, you know, sometimes it, it works out great. And I think a lot of times in our, in our journey, it, it's many times if we can just let go of the fear, um, this unhealthy fear, this diabolical fear, I think we should call it, um, that things do work out great in the end, you know, and they, they turn out to be, you know, very, very, um, you know, no, I mean, not, obviously they're not sometimes not so much in this world, but, but it does ultimately turn out great, you know? And, uh, so I think it's just this whole thing of, uh, of trusting divine providence. I, they, we can, I'm sure we've done things, but I think there's a couple, you know, simple things that help with that is, um, and it's hard to do, but, you know, taking one moment at a time, one day at a time, like our Lord says, you know, just like, okay, here's the scenario. This is what I got. This is all I know. This is all the facts I have at this moment. I'm going to live with this and not worry about a smidgen more, which is really difficult to do. You know, because I think a lot of our anxiety uh, is based on fear of the future. And that's exactly what the definition of anxiety is, is fear of the unknown, right? Yep. And so rather than fear is Jesus has faith, you know, a faith that God will work it out. And the other thing is, you know, praying for that courage and the strength to trust, you know. Um, you know, I think the divine mercy picture is really powerful. You know, Jesus, I trust in you. And I'm sure we've all seen that picture so many times. And how many times we've had to say that, um, you know, that, uh, line, you know, to ourselves and, okay, Lord, I trust in you, your plan for me, you know, um, I'm sure that pitcher had to say that, you know, prior to, you know, I'm, all right, I'm going to go on, I'm going to go 
I'm going to go public with this. I don't care what people think, you know? Uh, the other guy gets sent down with, all right, fine. We're going to move to, <laughs> we're going to go to warmer climes in Canada. And yeah, fine, we'll go down south of Florida. Maybe it worked out better, you know? So anyway. All right. Well, I think I think it's good for now, folks. You know, so lots of lots of pray about. I suggest you read this gospel and ask the Lord to give you the grace to trust in His providence. But you know, there's some things we should fear, and a lot of things we shouldn't fear. But I think a lot of people fear the wrong things, and um, you know, we've got to we've got to fear God in, in a health in a healthy way, not an unholy way. Not that we have to trust Him. That's what it means to have fear of the Lord. It doesn't mean to be scared of Him. You know, because once it, it's not God's will that anyone not be lost and and God wants only our happiness ultimately at the end. And that's the end of the story. But getting there, sometimes there's a lot of a lot of twisted roads, a lot of things. And for the early Christians, they all experienced that. The, the community that Matthew's talking to was under severe persecution. You know that from biblical commentators that they went through a lot of ugly things, you know, much worse than just. You know, some weird thing that happened at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> That's milk toast compared to what the early Christians experienced, you know. So, all right, folks. Well, God bless you all. And uh, we'll see you next week. No podcast Sunday. We will be one for tomorrow. Peace.